inspired by bank robbers to get into the mortgage business. You're listening to the Mortgage Leadership Outlook, and I'm your host, Andrew Berman. On this episode, we've got Sue Woodard, the Chief Customer Officer over at Total Expert. We're going to hear her origin story, how she started out in banking, went into the mortgage business, fell in love with it. We'll talk about actually the opportunities that lenders have to fight to beat margin compression. We're going to talk about how to spring out of that slump that you've got. And also, yeah, COVID conference etiquette. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Berman for Mortgage Leadership Outlook. Thank you for joining us today on this beautiful Wednesday. Hopefully, it's beautiful where you are. So today, I am so excited to have a longtime friend of mine and just uh, just someone actually who I, I really just look up to, Sue Woodard. Sue, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a good time. It always is when you're around, you know, so I had the pleasure of actually uh, basically tracking Sue, um, going to a bunch of cities, hearing her uh, speak actually, you know, to um, hundreds, uh, sometimes thousands of mortgage professionals. And I've learned so much about her. I've learned so much about the, the industry. Um, so I've been privileged to, uh, to know your origin story. But Sue, if you could, for the benefit of our guests, tell everyone your origin story. I will. I will. And it's interesting because if you ever want to start an interesting conversation with somebody in the mortgage industry, it's to ask them how they got in because everybody has some crazy story. It's never a normal straight path. No little kids on the playground saying, I want to be a loan officer. Right. But um, yeah, exactly. So I had actually I had dropped out of college and I was working in a credit union and I was working in this credit union and I was doing checking accounts and car loans and all kinds of different consumer lending. And our branch kept getting robbed. So we got robbed multiple times. And the third time, it was my best friend, my roommate. She was the head teller. And um, it was kind of, you know, it was a little traumatic. And it was at gunpoint. And we had to go down to the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. And she had to look at lineups and everything. And I just thought, man, I got to go work in a different branch. This is crazy. And the only branch that had a job open was um, another branch out in a different, you know, part of the, the city. And it was a mortgage processor. And I had no idea what a mortgage processor was, but I was like, I want to go give it a go. And so um, that was literally how I got started was out of out of fear for my life, I would say. But um, the rest is history. I had a, a ton of fun. Um, you know, just I, I love the mortgage industry and you know this about me. I'm just so passionate about it because I think it's, you know, like the people that make like chapstick. I'm sure they're like, you know, we make people's lips soft. But what we do is we get people into homes, right? And your home is where your life happens. It's where your family happens. It's where you laugh and you cry and you live and um, just do life. And so that that gets me right here. And so it's something that I think is we're guiding through people through the most, um, for a lot of people, the largest financial transaction of their entire lives. And we're, we're helping create home, truly a home for them and building communities I think that's a that's an incredible thing. So I have loved my my thirty now thirty years in the mortgage industry. So so listen, I, I got it. Didn't happen like you didn't just get into the mortgage business and fall in love with it right away. So like where was where was it? Because listen, I mean, you started actually as uh, you know um, a processor um, mm -hmm. and. Okay, I understand you love your you love your work. You love it. I don't know many processors that love their work. So, uh, you know, when was it where you just where you went from? Okay, this is not only a good career, but this is something I love and I found my calling. 
Yeah, you know, it was actually when I had um, I, I moved on from the credit union. I was working at Countrywide Home Loans, right? And Countrywide, for those of you who are in the business a million years ago like me, um, was cradle to grave, right? Where you kind of did everything. So I came in as a processor um, or we had a different name for it. But anyways, I came in as a processor. But I remember the, the guy I was working for, I'll never forget him, Patrick Grow. He um, one day said, why don't you take this next loan application? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this executive was coming in. And, you know, I was like, I don't know how to take a loan application. He said, no, just do it. I did a horrible job taking this application. I remember just like sweating, you know, like taking this loan because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But I remembered leaving that and number one saying, I'm never going to let that happen again. So I'm going to learn everything about taking this loan application. And then, you know, I did move into a role where it was, it was cradle to grave. That's what we did is that we took the loan application. We processed it. We had underwriting authority. Then um, we had, you know, I, we do the closing papers, we'd fund it, we'd ship it. We did everything. And I think being able to see that whole experience and literally just watch that, you know, come to life for people, um, was where I really just fell in love with it because you could see literally people's dreams coming true. Sue, one of the things I've, I've learned about people that come from countrywide, um, they're, they're uh, like you, they're all encompassing. They, they know actually a lot about many different parts of the business. Um, and they also work their butts off. I, I've heard actually that they used to call it country fried uh, just because you work hard, hard there. You know, you, you get compensated well, but but man, the stories I used to hear about, you know, how they would just just push you and push you and push you. Um, yeah. And it's created so many great leaders from that organization. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was a lot of work, but, and yes, I, I have heard it called a sweatshop, but I have to say, I'm super grateful to the organization because, because I did learn a lot and it was really, um, you know, just that's where really it spurred my, my passion for, for the industry was everything that I learned there. That's great. That's awesome. So, all right, listen, I'm, I'm going to, uh, we're going to spring forward <laughs> to the, uh, the article you did actually in, so in, uh, the May-June issue of uh, the Mortgage Women magazine, um, you know, had to spring out of a slump. You know, you talked about actually how, you know, you usually don't actually have slumps. Um, no. You know, you did. You did. So talk a little bit about it. And uh, for anyone who's watching, I'm going to drop actually the link so you can uh, yeah. you know, uh, grab it right there. But talk a little bit about the article. You you interviewed some some uh, some of my favorite people uh, you yeah. know, in that article. Talk a little bit about your insights and what you learned from the people you interviewed. Yeah, it was it was really fun, and I, I love um, this particular feature that I'm I'm so blessed to be able to do for for Mortgage Women Magazine is called Ask the Experts, and it is where I have the opportunity to go out and just tap into the great minds that are out there um, for their insight, advice, wisdom, guidance on on you know a, a topic or an issue or a question that I'm struggling with. And so this particular one, yeah, I was in a bit of a spring slump. I was just. Um, and it doesn't happen to me very often, but I just, yeah, I was having a hard time. I just was feeling, you know, kind of down and just like having a hard time getting going. And and I'll tell you, I believe for me, it was probably because of just the lack of connection to people. Um, winter in Minnesota, lack of connection, everything that had been going on. I mean, it just was, um, I was in a slump. So 
in this article, I talked to some amazing people and got some really incredible advice. And um, in some cases, I'm not going to give away all the secrets. You actually have to like link to the article and be sure to read some of this great words of wisdom. Um, but some people gave um, gave information about um, getting organized and apps. Like Brittany Hodak talked about Calendar.com. And in some cases, there was literally apps that people mentioned or websites that they mentioned that they use. And that was probably the biggest help for me was remembering to I've always been very militant with um, time blocking because we always say uh, we're going to do this thing and it's on your woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, to do someday list. But when you actually time block it out. And so I took a lot of those, um, the, the apps that people mentioned and the, the productivity um, apps that people recommended and started putting things on my calendar. And so, for example, one of the things that I did is I needed to also start, I was having a hard time working out at home. Like I was just getting like, you know, it's, it, it just, I was struggling with it. So I signed up for a race. So I signed up for a half marathon this summer, Ooh. started blocking, you know, using these apps, getting my calendar times blocks that I would, you know, go ahead and get started training. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, somebody else talked about um, kind of tying an, an affirmation, you know, kind of like just a positive phrase or a statement to some of the goals that you're trying to accomplish. And so the thing that I love about this, this group of, of women that participated is that they gave very tactical, practical advice. And so, like I said, link into this issue. There was a ton of stuff that I actually found, um, and I'm sure you will, too. That, that if you're getting into that slumpy thing, there's some great productivity tips, how to keep your inbox cleaned out, um, you know, purging the junk out of your life. And I'll tell you what, I took all of those things. I purged, I cleaned out closets. That's always a good thing for me too. I had developed a new way of sorting my inbox, um, thanks to Corey Trujillo. Um, you know, there's some really good stuff in there. So highly encourage people to check out that article because it's, it's a goodie and features some amazing people. So, so are you at uh, zero inbox now? I'm not going to go so far as to say zero inbox, but I have a little <laughs> bit more organized inbox. But um, but some of it is clearing out your mental clutter. I think, you know, this again, the last year has been very interesting in in a lot of ways, obviously. But I think it's um, it's caused some of us to maybe develop some new, you know, good new habits and maybe slip into some old like some bad habits. Right. In terms of, you know, just our houses, our lives, our organization, our stuff. And so I kind of treated it like a spring cleaning of, you know, my house, of my fitness, of my, you know, my inbox. And really, um, it, it, it really helped kick me out of the slump. So it was, it was a great, like I said, good article. Encourage you all to link it and uh, read some of the great advice there. Fantastic. And if you look in the comments, you should see this, whatever, whatever platform you're joining us on, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, the comments should be there. Um, so, all right. So listen, I'm, I'm, um, here we're coming into spring. Um, events are happening, you know, so um, we, we publish a, a bunch of events throughout the year. We've already had a, a handful of successful events. Um, you and I were talking about actually how great it is to finally be able to get out there. You you went actually and met with a with a client actually who you know you had a great visit. Um, so talk to us a little bit about you know the, this new world and like you know the new etiquette that we need to have you know that just didn't exist when yeah. we stopped going to conferences in February of 2020. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you my my opinion on that because I think we're going to, um, we're we're obviously starting to see some conferences coming up live, and and yes, I started traveling again, which has also been a good thing to bust me out of my my mini slump that I was in there. Um, but I think some of the things to remember, and that I'm I'm just kind of guiding, you know, the folks that I'm talking to about this is, you know, some of the ground rules have to just be about respect. 
And, you know, first of all, it's about respecting yourself. You know, your company might have policies that you need to be respectful of. Um, and you personally probably have some feelings about this, but what's your own comfort level and what, you know, what are you comfortable with? But then I would really encourage people to, to be very thoughtful about um, respecting others, operate with um, a lot of respect and caution and don't make assumptions. I think, you know, in this time, because we've been insular, we've been all kind of, you know, cooped up and in some cases spending a lot of time with people that um, think like we think. And I would tell you that you're probably one degree of separation away um, from people that think very differently than you do. And it doesn't mean, I, I think we should be careful about leaping to conclusions about um, what that means. You know, um, like I said, you see somebody with three or five masks on, you know, don't say, well, gosh, they're just a crazy person. Maybe they've had somebody, you know, that this is impacted very closely. Maybe they have somebody um, that's home with a lot of risk factors and they're wanting to be extra cautious. You know what, let's respect that. Um, you know, you see somebody else behaving in a different way. Again, let's just operate with uh, not making assumptions about other people. Everything has become so political and so divisive. And I think we've got an opportunity to just really kind of get back out there. You know, when you're ready to get back out there, if you're ready to get back out there, be respectful of where other people are, are, are at. Um, and I think some of it is if you haven't done a lot of traveling, I've still talked to a lot of people. You mentioned, Andrew, you just talked to somebody who just went out to a restaurant for like the first time. In like 15 yeah. months or something, right? Yep. 100%. Holy cat. Okay. Yeah. So some people haven't traveled in a while. And obviously just do your research. You know, know the city that you're going into and kind of what the protocol is. Know that when you're flying on a plane, you're going to be wearing a mask the whole time. And, you know, just get yourself prepared for that. You're not going to get all the, you know, food options and boxes and snacks, you know, I mean, that, that you used to. Um you're not in a lot of hotels, you're not going to get housekeeping. So just be prepared for that. And, you know, the mini bars seem to be empty. So bring your own snacks, like just be prepared. Mm. You know, it's a little different out there. And so just be, be ready for those things as you go out. Um, and as you do get ready to go visit, you know, for example, if it's customers or whatever you're doing, understand, you know, or know in advance what, what kind of what, what their comfort level is. And if you need to meet outside, get creative. You know, I think Top Golf is probably going to have the greatest year ever. I should have bought stock, but um, think about how can you be creative doing outdoor things if that's what what the folks you're visiting with are more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but like I said, let's just you know, I'll you know, get smart, be respectful, you know, be okay with other people's decisions and boundaries, and just like let's just let's just get out there, do business, have fun, respect each other and try to get rid of some of the divisiveness. So do we shake hands now? Like, are, are, could, could we get rid of the sh handshake and just go to like bowing or something? That's rather exactly. than Somebody yeah. said that they're like, let's go with like a little bow. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that'd be weird. But, you know, but, but I think that's that in and of itself. I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody about this recently about the, you know, shaking hands. And one of the things just as a recommendation, if you're not comfortable shaking hands, I have heard people, you know, well, when they go into an office, we'll just kind of wave, making it clear, like, I don't want to do this, or just kind of say, hey, it's nice to meet you, and keep your hand back here, <laughs> you know? I mean, and that's okay, too. Um, yeah. I'll usually ask people, I'll just get out, instead of doing the weird dance of, like, are we handshake or hoping, <laughs> like, what are we doing? I'll usually just ask. I'll just be like, are you, are you a handshake? Are you a hug, an elbow, or should we just wave at each other? What do you like? And they'll usually... <laughs> You'll, you'll be able to tell, right? I'm a hugger, you know me. So yep. like I said, I'm always gonna wanna go in for a hug, but I'm trying to, you know, just ask people, hey, where are you at? Cause you know, 
I'll come at you with a hug, but you know, if you want an elbow bump, that's good for me too. <laughs> that's good. But the, the worst thing actually is if you can, you go to shake the hand actually, and they, then they fist bump your hand. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. Then you're like, yeah, you know, exactly. well, like I said, I usually just throw the awkwardness just right out there, you know, yeah. right into the middle. Yeah. So. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're going to hug. We're going to handshake. We're going to fist bump. We're just going to be like, hey. Exactly. Exactly. That's, That's right. right. All right. So, so listen, so you went out with meeting with customers. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to know what's on their mind. Like what, what, what do you see actually is like they're like the biggest tech obstacles that are facing uh, lenders. Maybe it's not tech obstacles. They shouldn't even say tech obstacles, but you know, you're, you are technology based, but you know, I, I almost look at actually it's, it's your, your operation. Uh, so what are the biggest obstacles that are facing uh, mortgage lenders? A couple of different things I would tell you. Uh, uh, first one is data, right? Because the, the biggest obstacle that I think a lot of lenders will talk about is that their data is in multiple systems. It's in, um, they've got it in the LOS, they've got it in a, this CRM, they've got it in that CRM, or they haven't really gotten it even coordinated as a company and they're letting people use, you know, a dozen different things and they're not able to really get their data in one place. And it's incredibly powerful to once you get your data into one system and then you can really start learning things from the data, you know, so it's not just about, you know, the really good execution that you can have in terms of a great customer experience and a great customer journey, but you can start to learn things from that data, right? You can start to, you know, find those triggers of, okay, this is a group of people that are ready to refinance. So let's get this campaign out there. Um, this is a group of people that, um, you know, are have those credit triggers that are popping up. So we know that we need to approach them about this. It's, you're just able to be, you know, so much smarter and so much more intelligent when you have all of your data in one place. So putting data in one place, I would say is, is, is an obstacle and an opportunity, I would say. Um, the other piece is really just getting the tech stack, um, kind of just cleaning up the tech stack. I think, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started about kind of what last year was like for Total Expert. We actually had a great year last year, um, partly because the mortgage industry had a great year last year. Um, you know, people were able to, you know, lift up a little bit and kind of say, wow, we've got all this volume, but how do we actually do this better knowing that we're going to head into a market that's not going to be quite the same, right? I mean, originations are going to be down this year. And so I think for a lot of companies, it's really, it is, it's taking the time to really be thoughtful about your tech stack and make sure that you have, um, you know, the beauty of a lot of the technology solutions today, including Total Expert, is that, you know, I mean, everybody's really looking at an API um, integration forward strategy so that you can have you can have your own secret sauce of what your technology stack um, is going to be and that the solutions are talking to each other so that you do accomplish that data in one place. So those are some of the I think the big, um, you know, I would say obstacles and opportunities. Um, yeah. And I think part of it is really just, um, you know, it's been hard to, it's been hard, I think, for a lot of leaders to get, um, uh, I think, to get get certain things implemented with their loan officers just because they're so busy. And again, I spent a lot of years as a loan officer, and I was one of those people saying, like, I don't have time for this thing right now because I'm just too busy doing what I do. Um, but I, I think that that's that it, we're definitely seeing a big shift with that as, as, you know, smart originators that are out there, like, you know, many of the folks who are listening to us today are starting to say, hey, you know what, I know I'm going to need to make some changes in my business so that I'm positioned for the long haul, that I'm positioned for the, pur the purchase business, excuse me, um, and, you know, I think particularly related to the purchase, um, the purchase market, 
there's a lot of relationships out there that potentially are up for grabs. I mean, I would tell you that if you are paying a lot of attention to those realtor relationships, yeah. um, somebody else is. Um, and I would also say that that means there's other relationships out there that somebody should have been paying attention to and wasn't right. That there's, there's just a lot of opportunity, but I think really, um, doing the right thing by your referral partners, bringing them, you know, bringing them value, adding value into the relationship, um, really being thoughtful about that referral partner journey and that customer journey, and then utilizing technology to automate that. That's that's the magic. And in, within that magic, there's some some tricks to address the margin compression. Um, so, and talk to us, because uh, I you, you mentioned actually um, a couple of opportunities within actually, you know, um, you know the, the CRM to be able to, you know, find new business. Um, but what are some other things actually that are, that are popular when, when companies are just trying to say, hey, what do we need to do to make sure actually that our margins are still healthy? Yeah, well, a couple of different things. I mean, one is I do think that this is where, you know, technology can really um, make a big difference. I mean, I think you should you should always be looking to automate all of the things that you can. And I don't mean that because about, um, you know, technology is not here to replace the loan officer. But if technology can um, automate an amazing experience or an amazing process, um, that's what you want technology to do so that you can utilize your your human capital and and the relationships that that loan officers are able to make with those referral partners or with those customers you know free up their time to just do that and automate everything else that you can and so i think when we're getting in a, a position of margin compression um it, it may seem contrary to say invest in technology but wherever you can automate parts of your process utilizing technology not to replace the loan officer but to empower that loan officer um, is, is really important. And, and part of it is going to be a numbers game, right? Because there's a lot of people ramped up their operations. And so you've got to keep, you know, the, the lower your volume goes down, the more, you know, your cost per loan is going up with the operations that you have in place. And so again, just really being, um, you know, obviously thoughtful about how you're going to get, you know, your share, your piece of the pie or more than your piece of the pie. Um, so that you can, you know, do your part to keep, you know, keep your, uh, volume high um but keep it as efficient as possible so that's that's part of it is purely a volume play speaking of pie um the pie is going to get smaller next year like yeah. uh we we uh, the, our most popular article this week has been um the mba reporting a million dollars uh or sorry trillion dollar drop in production from 2020 yeah so it's it is insane now now Keep in mind that is also NMLS. I forget exactly the number. I believe it was like um, something like uh, somewhere between ten and twenty percent increase in LO counts. So there's there's more originators out there. Um, so for the people that are watching this, that have hired new loan officers, um, that are you know the the ink is still actually you know still wet on their license. Yeah. What kind of ideas or tips can you give to these managers, uh, to these owners, uh, to these, um, you know, these vice presidents that have originators out there that need to figure out a way to create business because the phone's just not going to ring anymore? Yeah. Well, you know, in some cases, everything old, everything that's old is new again, right? And in some cases, I mean, the, the great thing about some of the new folks coming into the business is that we're getting, you know, some Gen Zs, we're getting some millennials, we've got, you know, younger folks coming into the business. I think, and you'll probably know the exact number, 
But I think that the average age of a loan officer is still 50 something, if I remember right, right? I think, I mean, it might be, I think it's 52. So I'm like probably right at that age. But the great thing about this, you know, a lot of the newer folks coming in is that they're young and they're going to have an ability to tap into um, their network in a, in, a, in a different way, you know, in a way that, you know, um, they've, they've got a different group of people that they're able to connect to um, doing their social media, for example. I mean, we have, um, I would say most of our customers at Total Expert are pretty social media forward where they're really encouraging people to be out there, make those connections. But it's understanding where is your group of people? Who are the people that you're trying to find as your customer? And then go be where they're at. Are they on TikTok? Are they on Instagram? You know, my daughter tells me Facebook is like super passe. You know, she said, we go on there only for like you and grandma, mom. But it's really, you know, I think it's being thoughtful about who, you know, where is your audience? Where is your group of people that you're going to connect with and then be there? And um, I also think the brands that I see really winning are the ones that are combining, again, as I was mentioning a minute ago, human and technology and mm -hmm. letting your humans truly be human let your humans have kind of their their personal brand and i don't necessarily mean all their own colors and logos but let your personality show up people people don't do business with companies people do business with people and when you're doing something like purchasing a home don't lose sight of the fact this is a, a personal and kind of an emotional deal for most people they're it generally when you're purchasing a life event is happening you know something they're getting married getting divorced somebody's been born, somebody's died, something emotional is happening and they want to be able to connect with a human being. Um, granted, yes, you want to utilize technology to make it streamlined and make it easy. But man, when they reach out that hand and want a human being, you know, you want to be, you want to have made that connection with that person so that they know why they're, why they're reaching out to you. So the two halves of it is again, figuring out who is your audience? Who are the people you're going to get in contact with? How are you going to, you know, like actually, make that connection, but utilize technology to do that. I mean, there's so many tools that are out there, you know, and, and many of the companies I'm sure that are listening today have a, a beautiful suite that is there for their originators to take advantage of. And so as an originator, you have to, you do have to sometimes pull up a little bit and set aside time. The way I always looked at it, Andrew, I actually would call it a sick day is I tell people, you think you don't have time to do any of these things, right? But what if you got sick? What if you like, you know, just got sick for a day? The world wouldn't end if you took one day and were sick. So why don't you take a sick day and actually build your business, right? Carve out one day, put all the noise aside. Yes, you might delay one call. Maybe, you know, it's but it's worth it if you put those building blocks in place that are going to actually power your future and make you more efficient to come. And so I do hope that a lot of the newer folks coming into the business really, really embrace the technology that's out there. Because again, you want to automate all those things you can so that you are there and you are free to take that call from that person that really needs that human connection from you. That's awesome. I love it. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of themes here. Um, you know, using technology, but using that actually you know, to build the human connection. Um, mortgage lenders need to obviously step up their game to uh, address margin compression with technology. Um, just as always, I love your origin story. You know, some great tips actually on things to do actually to get out of the, the slump. Um, Sue, it's always great to spend time with you. You're just always so inspiring and motivating. And I just feel blessed to have you on our show today. Well, thank you. I always enjoyed the time spent with you. And I'm hoping that we get time in real life before too much longer. And to all of you out there, I know there's a lot of 
um, you know, friends out there that I'm hoping that we're together soon. And I promise I won't hug you unless you want it. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there and seeing everybody soon. I'm a hugger too. So yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. So all right, listen. Um, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, check out the link below. Uh, you'll you'll be able to find actually Sue's article plus ton of other great articles. Uh, you'll it's right there. Um, Sue, thank you again. We really really appreciate it. And everyone, uh, thank you for joining us for another Mortgage Leadership Outlook. Um, we will be off next week. Next week uh, Memorial Day uh, week, but uh, we will be back next week uh, with. Uh, tech Stack Heroes. We're so excited. We basically have some uh, a, a handful of so carefully selected Tech Stack Heroes that are going to be joining us. So please uh, join us. Uh, and if you are listening to us on uh, on a podcast platform, because we are now actually on every podcast platform, thank you for joining us. And please leave some reviews. If you could. And uh, we appreciate it, everyone. Have a great day. Bye, everybody.